Hey, what's going on, guys? This is Bar Down Breakdown, episode number 71. And this episode is brought to you again by Coast to Coast Hockey. Go on to c2chockey.net. You browse all of their awesome shirts, all of their awesome designs that they have. Alternative hockey designs, like we've said before, man. We think NHL licensed apparel is for the birds, so... Get on there, grab some sweet designs, some sweet merch. Again, c2chockey.net. That's Coast to Coast Hockey. Put the code bar down in. You get 25% off your whole order. It's crazy. 25% off. How awesome is that? And on that note, welcome, welcome. Yeah. Episode 71. Yeah. So I got my care package yesterday. Yeah. And, and these shirts literally feel like I'm wearing butter. Like, they are the softest shirts I've ever worn. And I look handsome as hell in them. So, dude, if you want to look some... handsome as hell, go to Coast to Coast Hockey. Dude, I saw some picture of you looking handsome wearing a jacket in the summer like a maniac. But dude, okay. So we've been getting, like, weird pocket rainstorms. So, like, okay. it, it, it goes from being sunny to torrential downpouring. And, like... Rufio wanted to go for a walk when it looked like at any given second it was going to downpour. Yeah. So that's why I was wearing my rain jacket. No. But I am not a freak wearing jackets in the summer. Like Yeah, that dude. that 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 shirt's lucky that I haven't <laughs> cut its sleeves off yet. Cuz Dude, you hate sh- sleeves so much. I really they they're so restricting. Dude, you remind me of uh you remind me of Dwight when Charles Minor makes him wear long sleeve shirts. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I forget what he says, but he like ends up knocking over an entire thing of coffee stirs. And he's just like, it's like a straitjacket. Oh, I love it, man. I don't know if I, I talk because I, I gave up on the office the, the, <laughs> that last season. Uh, they, well, no, that was from, uh, that was from like season five or six. That's during the arc where, Michael leaves and starts the Michael Scott Paper Company. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, but anyways, I could talk to you a million, uh, trillion hours about The Office, but I won't do that. What I'll do is this. I will tell you that we have an awesome guest. His name is Mike, Sir Michael, from Rival Town. Awesome pop punk band from uh, the Ontario area. What is it, St. Catharines, right? Yeah, like... Is that where it is? I... It sounds good to me. Yeah, right. Somewhere, somewhere, right, right across the border from New York. But um, really cool episode. Rival Town is, you know, they've been around for a hot second. Uh, you know, we're talking to Mike, who's their newest vocalist, but a lot of good stuff on the horizon for them. Super stoked to talk uh, to him and kind of get to know a little bit more about him. But I don't have to bore you with all this because you're about to listen to the episode. So go do it. Episode seventy-one, Bar Down Breakdown. It's Mike. Rival Town. It's awesome. Go listen.
gentlemen this is episode 71 of bar down breakdown we're joined by our friend mike from rival town they're based out of ontario canada <laughs> and uh we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do some chatting we're gonna learn more about uh mike we're gonna learn more about his band and we're gonna learn more about why he's a dirty stinky leafs fan so let's do it <laughs> I've actually uh, recently been called the most unloyal fan because I'm just a hockey fan in general, and I like so many teams. I've got a band coming over to record every day, and every day I'll wear a different hockey jersey, and they comment, you're the most unloyal fan. (laughs) I'll tell you what, though, man. Honestly, honest to God, there's nothing wrong with that, man. I mean, it's I think it's fantastic that there are still hockey fans that – you know, just love the game and, you know, are willing to be like, oh, you know, I love this player. I love this player. So I go out and get his sweater. I get his jersey. I get this. I get that. I'm all for that, man. I think I'm wearing a Mark Andre Fleury jersey right now. (laughs) Excellent, man. Love it. So I'm I'm just going to keep it up with the the fire. So on your Instagram, I saw you wearing a Carolina Hurricanes jersey. Was, was (laughs) Was that a David Aries jersey? That was <laughs> it was that was yeah <laughs> that was that was an i'm not gonna lie that was an awesome game to watch even though the leafs were just just awful that game i was i was so pumped for him that was such a cool experience i'm sure so that was just yeah that was awesome to see and he made some pretty good saves so yeah i was really pumped for him now I would be completely embarrassed if that happened to the Islanders. And that would be like a very <laughs> Islanders thing to have happen. So like it, it's it's kind of humbling to hear you support him. But I do want to just point out like the way the media played up that whole story made mm-hmm. it actually sound like he was a legit Zamboni driver that they like found off the street and were like, hey, we need you to suit up. Oh, yeah. No. He was uh, he was the Zamboni driver for the Toronto Marlies. I'm pretty sure. Well, yes, that that is true. But mm. he does have a background in hockey and playing yes. goaltender. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, so I, I I do feel like like when you know BuzzFeed and all like the the national media picked up that story, not even like just sports media. They they mm. they didn't really understand that every NHL arena 
has the emergency backup. And like it's happened before where those guys have gotten into games, but it, I, I can't recall a time where that goalie has actually gone on to win for the team that he filled in for. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was definitely a crazy game to watch. Yeah. Even though it was against my team, I thought I was, I was pumped. That was such a fun game to watch. Yeah. And I, I just hate that it had to be the Hurricanes because, like, they're, they're just like the, like, non traditional hockey team that a has bunch a, jerks. They're a bunch of jerks, and they have just like like a really well oiled social media team mm-hmm. that like it, it happened to the perfect team, and it just like bothers me oh, because oh, because I actually have like this deep hatred for the Carolina Hurricanes as of really? as of moving to North Carolina. Why is that? Um, I was actually in the building when the Islanders lost Game Four this this past playoff and you know i was sitting in, in the cheap cheap seats and those fans up there they were fair weather and they were brutal like i was really? being i was being extremely respectful like i understood that i was out of my element and i wasn't trying to cause any issues at all i was there with my wife and like the they were really in my face Especially, like, I stayed until the last second of the game. So, like, I was, I, I just experienced the whole, the whole game. And fans were literally, like, le- you know, inches in my, like, inches away from my face, shouting absurd, absurd gestures. And, like, it, it, hey. it, it was, it was pretty intense. I, I didn't feel safe like I should have felt at a hockey game. That's unreal. I would have thought a team like North Carolina would have fans with good sportsmanship. I I thought North Carolina has good sportsmanship, like as a team. Yeah, you know, normally because I I go two times a year, traditionally, mm-hmm. like I I always go with a a big group of Islander fans, and they they're traditionally pretty pretty cool about it, but. Mm-hmm. During the playoffs, man, it was it was brutal, and then it carried over to this comp this season because the Islanders opened up in Carolina early in the season, mm-hmm. and they like kept bringing that back up, and they were even doing like the sweet chant, which I don't know, like you you guys, the Hurricanes got swept the very <laughs> the very next round against Boston, so like I don't know, <laughs> it, it just it didn't feel. Right, and then I, I just like have a a deep hatred for the Hurricanes now. Well, after that, yeah, that's pretty understandable. That sucks to hear because they seem like they're such a fun team. You would hope that their fans are are fun and uh very they show sportsmanship, but oh, that's it's disappointing mm-hmm. here. Yeah, well, you know, it was just great to to you know see them get swept by Boston. So <laughs> it, they're it, always it, a force to be reckoned with. Well, you guys would know of all teams. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think uh, I was at that big game seven, the Boston and Leafs at uh, Maple Leaf Square outside the arena. I remember everyone uh, with, I think, 10 minutes left uh, up 4 1 or something like that, already chanting the na 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 na. Hey, hey, hey. And I remember being so pissed off because we we're playing, I know we we're playing Boston. They're, they're not done yet. Bruins are never done. 
And sure enough. Shit, man. That's that's tough. <laughs> that was a very disappointed crowd. <laughs> now, originally, before like the NHL announced that they were going to do like reseeding after the the return to play, I did hear some rumblings that like Maple Leafs fans were all mad that like if they went on to beat Columbus, their like I guess quote unquote first round matchup would have been against Boston again. And they were like, oh, like, why do we have to play Boston again? But <laughs> but oh, the NHL did announce that they're going to re, like reseed after the play-in round. So you guys might be able to avoid them if you get past Columbus. So That would be very nice. They're, they're stacked right now. They're stacked. I'm, I'm very, very interested to see what moves they make in the offseason because I'm pretty sure they're pretty much at their cap. Am I right? The the Bruins? Yeah. Uh, man, like, to be honest, there's not many teams that aren't right at the cap now, especially since the cap's not going up for next season. Mm-hmm. I, I really think... Aren't I'll... they doing a thing soon where they're going to be taking, like, the super... Like, you get to pick one superstar and his uh, salary doesn't count towards the cap? I've heard that was going to be a thing. Is that true? Man, you guys better hope that that's true. Cause yeah, you got, oh yeah, you got a I'm lot of uh. For that. Actually, not a lot. You have like four players that basically take up all of your cap space. So yeah, you're probably much. saying a, a little prayer to the hockey gods that that happens. But that's true. True. Yeah, I think my dad told me that. I'm hoping that happens. <laughs> yeah, like the Islanders don't really have anyone that's like almost at like max money. So like mm-hmm. it really wouldn't benefit us, and, unless like. Barzell goes and signs like some major ticket this off season. But yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think he's going to be getting like Austin Matthews or Tavares money. I, I really don't. No, no, probably not double digits. Probably. I would say he can probably fight for a good seven, eight mil though. Maybe. Yeah. I, I think that would be fair. Like seven or eight, but yeah, either, not for sure. Either way. I, I, I'm not a, a numbers guy. Like the cap makes my my brain hurt when I think about it, and like <laughs> especially the the way that like Toronto somehow ends up under the cap when, like I said, like four of your players are making like max money. It it still like makes my brain hurt that yeah that somehow it's works. It's mind blowing, and, and and they still lack in defense. Yeah, that that's a that's definitely a, a big. Uh, Big weakness for you guys, but I guess we could come back to this hockey talk in a moment because I do want to talk a little about Rival Town. Yeah, for sure. So, pop punk band right in my wheelhouse, and I, I yeah. wouldn't say you guys are necessarily a new band, but you're like Rival Town 2.0 right now. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. They had a previous vocalist before I came in. So I guess you are our first guest that has been like a replacement vocalist. Like we've had we've had other guests who have been like haven't been like necessarily original members of bands. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it brings it to a whole different level when you have to replace a singer. Oh yeah. I've had to do it a couple times now actually. So tell us about that. So h- how has that transition been for you? It, it, you know, in Rival Town. 
Um, they were actually awesome with making me feel comfortable right away. Um, they, uh, it was, a, they were actually a really refreshing change from my, my previous band. Cause the previous band was, uh, a bit of a, a mess and it was messing with me mentally. So, uh, Rival Town was, uh, they were awesome. They, uh, we immediately started working on an album. They gave me quite a lot of say in the creativity, which was very refreshing because I got none of that in the previous band. Uh, we hit it off very well. Same kind of sense of humor. I mean, I'm sure like you being a pop punk fan, you know, the sense of humor that comes with the genre. <laughs> Wild potty humor. <laughs> so we all get, we all got along pretty quickly. Awesome. Now, um, how was the process of you like learning old material? Um, did you feel like, I guess you had to, were you attempting to try to match like the vocal style of the previous vocalist or you're kind of just given the levity to, Hey, like, you know, these are the words, like, you know, sing it however you feel is most comfortable for you. How did, how was that approach? Uh, it was definitely do it, uh, the way I would do it. They, uh, sent me the songs they had, they were already sitting on an album for a while and, uh, they sent it to me and they said, go nuts, man, change whatever you want. Do what you normally do in your vocal covers. Cause I do a bunch of vocal covers on youtube so pretty much like what you do in your vocal covers do for us you can change whatever lyrics you need to whatever melodies they said just go nuts um, that's actually pretty cool um uh tell tell me a little bit more about the the vocal covers and stuff you, you you're doing so like how long have you been doing that like what um you know what like tunes have you done like how much content do you have there uh i've been going for a long time now probably maybe around 10 years possibly Oh, uh, it's how wow. I've been discovered for a few bands. I've done a bunch of covers, everything from uh, Linkin Park. I think my uh, one, my video with the most views is uh, one I released like eight years ago or so, and it was Linkin Park, New Divide. And like looking at it now, it is like I've grown so much as a vocalist. So like looking back at it now, it's definitely like I don't think it's great. Okay. I, it's kind of, I think it's kind of weak, but like I've progressed. But I think I got like 45 thousand fifty thousand views on just a lincoln park cover damn i'll do lincoln park bring me the horizon i tried i try a bunch of different things even outside of punk metal i like to try to be versatile excellent now um was there like was there a particular vocal cover that you found like was one of the most challenging for you to do whether it was for range or for the sake of it being like long or having like you know, a lot of like vocal, like, was there anything that you found was super, um, you know, like super challenging for you? Yeah. Um, my, one of my all time favorite bands, anything by dance, Gavin dance, uh, Ice. the range, the range is just ridiculous. And not only is it range, but a lot of the times, uh, it, he's, it's very, very smooth. And with me, the higher I go, the more grit, and compression I put into my voice. Got it. So it's kind of hard for me to hit the high notes, but have it stay <coughs> smooth and flow instead of instead of gritty. Dance Gavin dance is tricky. Architects, definitely. I I'll get worn out quick doing architects. Yeah, he's he gets really high up there when he's singing. High he's like and sing and yeah. gritty. Yeah. So yeah, architects and dance Gavin dance are probably always a big challenge for me. So Mikey could probably 
swing this one just because like he's probably more of the dance gavin dance fan than i am but um you probably know mikey all of the vocalists that dance gavin dance has had they've had like tillian uh travis johnny travis um johnny yeah there's been a a few so like so you so mike you being a, a dance gavin dance fan like um have you done vocal covers of like every iteration of of dance gavin dance like have you done like tillian songs and travis songs and johnny songs like are are because obviously i know they're all three of the the, those vocalists are fantastic they really are but they're all distinct in their own way so like is there Mm -hmm. any vocalist that's you find a little bit easier to to emulate or to try to get right or um because you know obviously listening to the first dance gavin dance record is like where my you know ears have been i haven't listened to much after that but obviously i know johnny is you know crazy of a life as you've had man i mean oh yeah oh yeah it's crazy watching him live too like he'll just do these amazing runs and then puke and then go back to sounding beautiful again it's crazy uh but yeah i've done uh, a couple tillion songs and obviously yeah those are tough because they're like the range is ridiculous i've done uh i've actually i haven't posted it yet but i'm going to be posting uh uh carl barker uh so with uh that would be a travis song Please. uh that one that one suited my voice pretty well i thought i haven't done any johnny ones yet because i've and i find that i'll have to practice that a little because i'm not so i haven't practiced much with the with the runoffs at the end when he does he does a lot of the oh, wow, wow. Yeah. <laughs> i i really practiced much of that oh and it's, it's all good and but i think that's super cool uh you know i've uh you know it's one of the things that like i, I always thought about trying to do not vocal stuff but you know I, i'm a drummer and doing like a drum covers and stuff but like i've never had a big enough place where i've been able to like set up my whole kit and get like a rig and mm-hmm. and you know like um you know like mics and and kind of a whole thing so but it's super super cool that you're uh you're, you're doing that man that's awesome so it kind of keeps your keeps your chops going and then uh so uh i guess just kind of dialing it back a little bit we don't have to go into like your full lineage of course but like um the first time i guess you were you know, asked to be like a vocalist of a band doing originals or, or whether you started a project, did it come from you doing vocal covers or was it just a, a completely different, you know, kind of get together, uh, you know, for you to start doing your, your own original stuff? Um, well, first like few bands I was in, uh, was from, I was going to a conservatory in Hamilton in Ontario. Uh, I was learning uh, guitar. And then eventually when I got to a certain level, they would, uh, put you in a band with other students that went there. So I was put in a couple bands and uh, I mentioned how I liked to sing too. I wasn't great, but I enjoyed to do it. I used to uh, put Lincoln Park live in Texas on and I used to pretend to be Chester. So I did have that bit of ambition to be a vocalist. So uh, I started off uh, playing guitar and, and vocals and a lot of pop punk bands. And then eventually I shifted my way into just focusing on vocals mainly i think after college i um, i really started just focus on vocals cool awesome man and then um so kind of fast forward just um a, a kind of a question i, I want to ask about um 
you know, you guys putting out um, useless hands. So I know, um, you know, you guys linked up with paper and plastic on that. Um, so how did that uh, end up coming to be uh, that they, you know, kind of uh, distroed the CD for you? Actually, it's uh, uh, lost music. Uh, I'm paper and plastics. Vinny's uh, other project. Vinny oh. uh, is the drummer. Yeah, yeah, no worries. Vinny's the drummer for Less Than Jake. He has yeah. paper and plastic, and then Lost is his new one, uh, which is the one we got signed to. And okay. uh, I think we got in contact with him because our uh, our manager Eric, who's I think he's managed like uh, four years strong and people. He uh, nice. is close friends with Vinny, and I guess I guess he showed uh, us to Vinny at one point, and Vinny really really dug us so. He got in contact with us, and yeah, it's been going pretty well so far. Awesome. And has that, um, you know, has that um, kind of collaboration with them, you know, um, being with Lost Music, has that given you guys some opportunities? Obviously, I know not right now, per se, because we're, mm -hmm. you know, no one's touring, but um, has that given you opportunities to, you know, like jump on shows or, um, you know, get opportunities to kind of get out and, and, and play through Canada and the U.S. and stuff like that? Uh uh, they're still like in the beginning stages sort of and especially okay. with all this COVID stuff happening I'm sure there would have been a lot going on during this yeah. time but a lot had to be put on hold so I think we were the very first band that they signed so while we were signed we were going uh through a big uh American Canadian tour and as we were doing that they were still they were just continuing to build a roster and awesome. then by the time they got a pretty big roster uh built up covid happened, COVID happened. So, yep, yep, yeah. yep. uh swear jar obviously dropped just recently um is that part of a like a collection of music that you guys have have written that's going to be part of a like a full length or is that just a single like what's kind of on the horizon for you guys yeah that'll actually uh be on an album that we're working on right now sweet yeah awesome yeah we got that one, and we got uh, we got another one coming out pretty soon with a pretty cool uh, guest vocalist as well. An another Excellent. single, and, um, you're saying? Yep, another single that will also be on the album. Now, a Canadian singer or an American singer? You don't have to say who. I I just want to kind of <laughs> see if I can speculate. Surprise, yeah, it's, it's an American singer. He lives close to our border, though I'm told. Okay, okay. And it's it, it is a pop punk band. Pop punk yeah, band. We're All very right. excited to have them on. I'm hmm. see now. I'm sitting here trying to think. Now I mean, I'm thinking like Buffalo, but I can't really think of any good like Buffalo pop punk bands. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's it's definitely New York State for sure. Okay. All right. Awesome. Okay. Very cool, oh, man. Oh, uh, I think I got it. I I think yeah? it's gonna be Derek from State Champs. Oh, that would have been sick, but no, no. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I guess Albany's not too Albany's not too close to the border, but I I do want to ask another question about useless hands before I move on. So I, you said that the yeah, band was sure. kind of uh, sitting on some songs before you guys like recorded, but like one of the singles from Useless Hands was recorded with the old vocalist. So like, did you have to go back into the studio and re-record just that one, or like was there a few songs that you had to you know rework and provide your vocals for i believe there was two there was two there was hide and new normal and i remember uh new normal uh 
definitely I felt a little pressure on that one because uh, in case you didn't know, the, the album is a lot about uh, the guitarist and uh, the keyboardist in the, our band lost their mother to cancer. And uh, I wasn't around for that time, uh, but uh, uh, the old vocalist was. So when he went to record that song, like he had like a lot of the feeling and all that for, for it. So I wanted to make sure when I went into record it, I was able to do a justice for for their mom, even though I didn't, I, even though I never met her, I had to try to put myself in that zone. Absolutely, yeah, and, and I mean that's that's one of those things that's uh, really hard to do. But um, mm-hmm. you know that's uh, that is something that is you know is is totally awesome for you to you know kind of go into the into the booth with that perspective. Uh, and, you know, just understanding that, hey, listen, you know, this is a really, you know, emotional, very heavy song. Uh, and I want to make sure that, you know, I, I give, you know, every every ounce of what I have. So that's awesome, man. I, I You know, it's that really is great to hear. Um, and uh, so I, I guess just um, to pivot back, just to, to chat a little bit more about some hockey stuff. Um, so I know... Um, obviously we were, we were talking about, you know, cap and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I know, I think the Leafs are, what is it? I think you guys are, you don't have a first or a third round, uh, things. Yes. In terms of, of draft. So for prospect, I mean, obviously you guys have a stacked team, but in terms of draft prospects and stuff, I mean, do you have any plans or I shouldn't say any plans, but any any wants you know obviously we all talk about the Leafs we usually talk about defense and needing that but um you know are you looking specifically for any kind of avenues in this draft where you guys can improve um just anything for defense there's like no like junior prospect in particular for the draft just just more defensemen uh I do think they should go after uh another star defenseman though maybe grab someone like uh like i heard they're like interested in wrist and i think would be great in their d line something like that dumbo would be cool too they have to make some moves maybe move like uh kerfoot or jansen but i think it's worth it for another star defenseman now this is kind of a weird scenario since you don't have a first round pick. I, I think the Hurricanes actually have it, like in that Patrick Marlowe so. deal, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, like, you know, as this play, like, because you are one of those play in teams, like, that first overall pick is still up for grabs. And, That's like, right. how, like, gut wrenching would it be if you guys? do lose that opening round and then like they redo that draft lottery and like the pick that you would have had like the hurricanes take it and they have that first overall I'm, pick i would have laughed <laughs> i would have laughed man but that would that would yeah. be like and i could just like see what's his name dangle steve dangle like just losing his mind and like oh, fi- i love that guy yeah oh, i love that guy yeah, he's very entertaining to watch. But I could just see him losing it and like flipping it out if that ever like plays out. Oh, absolutely. 
Absolutely. I'd lose my mind on the inside, but on the outside, I'd be like, eh, that, that really sucks. But I'd, I'd definitely laugh at that. I'd be like, of, of course that would happen. Of course. Man. So I, I, something that we don't have to like do hypotheticals about is the fact that Toronto is one of the hub cities. Mm-hmm. Is there like a buzz in the city? Like, even though there's not necessarily fans going to be in the stands, but like, is there a lot of excitement that all, you know, all these NHL stars are going to be kind of in a bubble in your city? And I'm sure it's like doing wonders for your economy, especially since like, you know, hotels are struggling right now. And then all of a sudden, like they're, you know, your four star hotels, five star hotels or whatever, how many stars it goes up to is like mm-hmm. completely booked now. Like, I'm sure that that's going to do wonders for the city. Yeah, I would I would imagine. So I haven't heard uh, too much buzz from people, to be honest, just because I've been I've been indoors a lot. I've been recording bands. I've been recording New Rival Town. So like I haven't been and especially because Toronto's like about an hour from where I am. So I haven't really been in the city of Toronto since COVID started pretty much. So I don't know exactly what the buzz is down there at the moment, but I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure they're all really pumped. Okay. Even though they can't watch the game uh, live there. Yeah, yeah. And and then, um, you know, before the opening round started starts, you guys are mm-hmm. matched up against the Habs, which is obviously, you know, a, a rivalry that goes back, like, forever. Mm-hmm. Are, are you pumped for that one? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh yeah, I hope we take them down. <laughs> I see, like I, I like a lot of hockey teams, but with that, I also I I strongly dislike a few teams as well. And I'm not a Habs fan. <laughs> like I've definitely like there's been Habs players I definitely liked because uh, living in Hamilton back in the day, uh, Hamilton Bulldogs were the farm team for the Montreal Canadiens. So I grew up watching a lot of Hamilton Bulldogs. I think I would go to the games all the time. I even did co- my co-op there while PK Subban was on the team. Placanic was on the team. Price. I remember all those guys being on the Hamilton Bulldogs uh, before going to the Montreal Canadiens. So I've liked a few Habs players. Like I, I like them because of the Bulldogs. But now like Hamilton's not the farm team anymore. So I don't, I don't really care about the Habs anymore. <laughs> does, does Hamilton have an AHL team anymore? Not anymore. The Hamilton Bulldogs are now an OHL team. Oh, so yeah. so there's still like high high level hockey being played there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Do do a lot of people still go out for those games? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think I I went to one or two since they became an OHL team. I think I haven't gone to as many because I've been I've moved a lot, but. Uh, when they were the farm team for the Canadians, I was there all the time. It was really cool. Uh, I think one of the coolest players I got to see was, uh, you remember uh, Grabo, uh, Grabowski? Yeah, yeah. He was yeah. on the Islanders for a little bit. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, I saw him play on the Bulldogs in the AHL, and he was just incredible. I think his first game on the Bulldogs, he scored a hat trick, and then he got called up to the Habs, and he did amazing the nhl right away so it was always cool seeing those players become superstars that was definitely something i enjoyed 
Oh, for sure. Yeah, I'm a big uh, big supporter of minor league hockey, whether it's you know the the coast or AHL. Like I I I try to watch as much hockey as possible. So I I definitely they they could be the next superstars. They could be the next McDavid's and stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, you don't see that trend as as much as you used to. Where a lot of these superstars and like high draft picks are making the the the, the move to the NHL a lot earlier, mm-hmm. and it seems like what the trend is like. You know, I, I'm thinking about like Matt Barzell, for example. Like he didn't go to Bridgeport; he went back to juniors for for another year. Right. So like he 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 played like the whatever it is like nine or eleven games that they're allowed to, and then. Mm-hmm. After the team got a look at him, they they sent him back to to juniors, and like that's the trend that I'm seeing more than you know players go into like superstars go into the AHL. Hmm. That's true. That's true. Actually, yeah. But I guess um I I do want to kind of get like your your you could be our Maple Leafs insider. How are you? <laughs> how are you feeling about your opening round with with Columbus? Um. I'm happier that it's Columbus and not uh, like Boston or or Tampa or someone. <laughs> um, Columbus is a great team. I really do like Columbus. Um, but uh, I think with our offense, like they do have a good defense, but I think our offense can take their offense or sorry, their defense. I'm I'm, I'm I think I'm feeling pretty good about that round. I'm, I mean, I'm worried about. Oh, I'm I think person i'm worried about most would be uh getting by seth jones obviously he's a tank and, and you know i I hate to say it but john tortorella is just an amazing coach and oh, like dude he's my favorite favorite coach i watch so many compilations of him just getting pissed off and it's amazing <laughs> yeah he, he's he's dropped a few a few gems you know since hockey <laughs> started back up and I, i'm trying to think like I have seen his name pop up a bunch that he's been just, you know, as, as always, just having awesome interviews. Oh, yeah, he is. He is so fun. I think my favorite one of his, I think he was, I think he was the coach for the Rangers at the time. I loved he just, he was so pissed off because I just, I guess they took a beating and he comes off the ice to the press. He's like, oh, no, <laughs> I know what you're going to say. We played like shit. Just completely straightforward. Yeah, he he makes me laugh my head off. Yeah, he's he's a good one. And I I was down in DC uh like a year ago and mm-hmm. it was during like the government lockdown. So all of the like national monuments and museums that are usually free in DC were closed. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So like there was only a handful of like historic sites that were open and there were ones that you had to pay for. And right. a lot of people just weren't going to them. So like, you know, I was in DC for an Islander game. It was like, you know, the, the following day and I was like, all right, well we're here. Like might as well just go. And like, I don't even know what mansion we were in. And I'm pretty sure that I was like on a tour with either Don Tortorello or like a family member because it looked freaking just like him and it, it was no like, it was like man that has to be him and I, I just didn't like muster up the courage to to figure it out but I'll, I'll just so in my mind pretend it was him on this tour oh, with I me. would 
Yeah, definitely. I totally. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. So, um, I, I guess I want to go back into a little more music talk and then we could wrap it up with some more hockey at the end. But, um, you, you, you've dropped a few hints that you are doing a lot of recording. And so you're recording other bands and then you're also recording your rival town. Yep. Yep. Uh, um, so, uh, yeah, rival towns in the middle of, uh, writing and recording our album. And then, uh, at the same time, uh, it came at a good time because right now it's my only source of income, but I've been uh, recording a local band around here. Uh, they're my buddies. They're called hollow core and we just been having fun laying down some tracks. Uh, I have my own uh, business I've been doing called rival crown productions. Uh, I'll do like mixing, mastering, tracking, and then I'll even go as far as like lyric videos, music videos, all that. Just taking this, covid time to be as creative as possible i guess yeah man i mean that's kind of that's kind of what you got to do right now i mean you know yeah. you've you got to take the time that you have and uh try to make it as as plentiful as you can so uh that's super cool so as far as um you know kind of doing your own uh like recording and and you know mixing and mastering and stuff um i guess that kind of gives you like uh a deeper perspective on your own music so like do you ever have those those times where like you know like you you know you lay down like you know your vocals or like you know your guitarists lay down their their tracks and like you know you think it it's perfect and then like when you you know when you have your studio monitors and all that good stuff set up and you just listen back to it and you're like oh man like i can think of like a thousand things that i want to do right now so like do you ever mm -hmm. find yourself getting like kind of trigger happy with that sort of stuff Oh yeah, I've been I've been like really really creative production wise with this one man that I'm working with, just producing like over the top. And so when I go to Rival Town stuff, I try to bring that same producing uh, mindset to that recording session as well, for sure. Sweet. Now, have you ever considered like kind of I I, I guess getting into producing like completely full-time like you know i don't know obviously given the fact that you're you're doing this and you're having you know a good time and you're obviously creating some some pretty some pretty worthwhile stuff have you considered after you know kind of covid sort of goes away just doing this full-time for yourself or is it something that's not really sustainable what's your what's your take on that i would absolutely love to i'm i'm dreading uh having to go back and get another part-time job because i'm just i'm really really sick of the minimum wage jobs they do yeah. nothing i can barely afford to pay my bills with the minimum wage job it's just it's not worth it physically and mentally to me so yeah i would love to uh keep doing this and uh at the same time while doing uh my own company i've been uh interning with another uh mixing engineer in london ontario uh who's also got his own company he, he's really really starting to build so it, i'll have like kind of two chances and like two sources of income eventually from it so i'm hoping that will be enough to get me through without having to go look for another shitty part-time job whether it's yeah a kitchen god i can't do another kitchen job again <laughs> oh that's that's so funny um so before uh before our good friend mikey here uh started teaching little snot-nosed brat kids 
he was working in the restaurant industry himself. Do you have any any fun chili stories, Mikey? Dude, this is one of my like it, it's one of my funnier stories. Like I I could probably write a whole book about being in the oh, service I, service dude, industry. I know, man. I know, man. You can make a whole like sitcom based around it. I know. Yeah, like yeah, go on. That that movie Waiting isn't too far off. Well, dude, it is so accurate. It's it, so accurate. It definitely is. And like, you know, at at Chili's, it, it's more of like a turn and burn. Where actually, like, as a waiter at the Chili's that I was working at, I was making more there than I was at like a fine dining Italian restaurant on Long Island. And it's just oh, wow. because it's like the volume you're you're just like flipping tables quick like you there's sometimes where you would have so many tables that you wouldn't even like remember even go into that table if that makes sense yeah. like you're like uh, yeah, yeah i guess yeah. i took their order they left me a tip all right cool like it, it's like you're not really given quality service i guess and mm-hmm. we had this manager and he was like a total dweeb but he he left like the best one liner once where he had this like really nasty and rude customer and like she didn't know a certain ingredient was on like a burger or something stupid. It's like, lady, you're at Chili's. Pick off the pickle. Like, who cares? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever. But she was just like giving him such a hard time. And he was like, oh, I'm so sorry, lady. I guess my crystal ball is in the shop. And. I just thought that that was so funny that he had had the the balls to say that to her. And like, he like said it with like a sincere face where like, she probably thought like he was being like genuinely sorry for it. But then Mm -hmm. he just like dropped that like, Oh, sorry, my crystal balls in the shop. And it was just like, I can't believe he just said that. It's like one of those things that you're like, wait, you can tell off customers that are dicks to you. (laughs) So for the longest time, man, like you get it's the mentality i guess of like working in restaurants and working in retail where like you constantly feel like you have to put your tail between your legs because that's like towing the company line mm-hmm. but i'll tell you the truth man um this this young kid that i worked with uh where i'm working now um you know he 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 actually just found a new job and he moved on but um the thing I loved about him most is uh, he never did that. Like he, ne- like if someone like came in, like screaming at him or giving him attitude, like he would give it right back. Like almost to the point where like he would finish a customer interaction. And if a customer would be like walking away from him and like mumbling or something, like he would go as far as be like, excuse me are you saying something smart right now like something you want to say to my face like oh, so he just wouldn't let it go like what no man and he was man he's but i like i could appreciate that because like all the things that like you know i'd been trained so long and so hard not to do like mm-hmm. this this you know 22 year old kid would just do and i was like man like I wish I had your like your your cojones man to like yeah, man. do that that's off like because like I mean, no one likes to be walked all over. I mean, yep, a lot of customers are very entitled for some reason mm-hmm. and think that they can just push anyone around. And yeah, that's no, I think I've gotten in trouble once or twice. I worked at a grocery store. I think on one or two occasions, I swore at a customer and got in trouble just because I just got to the point where I'm like, I can't take, I'm not taking this crap from you. Like I'm yeah. already working in a grocery store, which already sucks to me. Yeah. Right. I'm not taking this crap. To you. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right, so Mike, I, I guess we could just like fire off some some quick questions, hockey related. So, sure. I, I know you mentioned that you are a fan of a few teams. Who would you say is like your overall favorite player of all time? Oh, uh, I mean, I I I really really like Ovechkin. <laughs> I I kind of. I really hope he beats Gretzky's record mainly because like to break that record nowadays, that's just ridiculously impressive because obviously you guys know, like hockey's played much different now than it was back in those days. So for, if he were to break that record within the next few years, I, I think that's really impressive. I, I like, I like Ovechkin a lot. I uh, grew up loving uh, Darcy Tucker, Matt Sundin. Those are, probably my favorites now there was an interview that just surfaced with mike pekka like no joke like yesterday or maybe even today where he actually doesn't have any hard feelings towards darcy tucker and like oh yeah i i know we we were talking before we started recording you're you're only 26 years old so you were really young during that islanders maple leaf series but like Mm -hmm. Darcy Tucker basically ruined Mike Pekka's career. Yeah, what remind me, refresh my memory, what happened with that again? He like slew footed him along the boards. Like it was a real dirty hit. And Tucker, Tucker, not not Domi. (laughs) No, I believe it was Darcy Tucker that did it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I, I must have been really young at that time. I I think I must have forgot about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, now I'm just looking it up because I like I just saw that this came up. Yeah, so it's the Darcy Tucker hit on Mike Pekka. I'm watching it right now. And that was was that like one of those like like pretty much career ending hits yeah, he or was, injuries? He was never the same after that. Dude, because I remember Mike Pekka. I just, I forgot about that incident. I do remember the the Bertuzzi and Moore incident. I remember that being messed up. Yeah. That was a big one. Or the uh, Stevens and Korea hit. Definitely remember that one. I felt that one. Yeah. Like, you know, now I'm watching it and it, it's not like too terrible. Like I, I, I just watched it on, on replay a few times. And like, I guess just, the result is what's really bad is that like, you know, Mike Pekka was the captain of the team and like mm-hmm. he was out the rest of the playoffs. And then like he, he, he ended up coming back and like playing a few more years, not with the Islanders, like somewhere else. And like, he just mm-hmm. really wasn't the same. Oh, dang, I got to look that up after. Yeah. And then, um, what was your first Jersey that you purchased? Or received oh. as a gift. Do you remember? Uh, back in the day, it was probably a Leafs jersey. But like, other than a Leafs jersey, I think it was maybe the Devils. Because I was like huge into Martin Brodeur for a long time. So it could have been the Devils. Any name on the back? Or or you think it was just a, a blank Devils? I don't Devils. think there's a name on the back. I remember growing up, I used to be in school. I used to be known as the hockey jersey kid. And then I grew out of them. <laughs> that I says a lot coming from a kid jersey. from Canada. <laughs> <laughs> right? 
and then I grew out of all my hockey jerseys. And there was like a three, two to three year period of time where um, my main focus was music. I wasn't paying too much attention to hockey. And then I got to a point where I really, really missed hockey and I got back into it big time. And I remember getting back into it and just buying a ton of jerseys. I think not, I got a bunch of them. I have a St. Louis Blues Bozak jersey. Uh, I don't know why, but I have a PK Subban Devils jersey. I don't know why I get a Subban jersey on the Devils, but I have a Subban Devils jersey. Uh, I have an OV jersey. I've, I got yeah. I love wearing jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. Cool, man. So, um, I guess moving forward, I I know things are kind of like on pause, but like. What were you guys in the works on, like, with Rival Town? Like, other than, you know, recording this album, like, were were you in the works on, like, a, a Canadian tour, U.S. tour? Have you gone to the U.S. yet? Yeah, we were in the U.S. last year for a tour. And, yeah, we were supposed to be back in Canada and U.S. Uh, I think beginning of July. I was really bummed out because I think we were supposed to be in Chicago for july 4th i've never spent the 4th of july in the states before so i was really excited to be spending that holiday in chicago of all places but yep, then that got swept from out from out from under the rug so who were you guys hitting the road with hopefully next year um they're called the ever after and they're from uh somewhere oh yonkers yonkers new york okay Yeah, that's who we uh, toured with last year as well. They're they're a fun bunch. Pop punk as well. Got to check them out. I've actually never... I don't think I've ever been to Yonkers. What about you, Tom? Yonkers? Um, that's like... I mean, like... Down by Westchester area, I'm guessing? I think so. Um, Man, we just live on our Long Island bubble, and we don't get out much. <laughs> Yonkers, I mean, Yonkers is pretty much, like, right on the Hudson. I know that. Um, but, like, I, I don't know, like, where it is. I think it's, like, right above... Isn't it, like, kind of right above the Bronx, I think? I don't know. I I, I think it is. I, I think it's, like... I remember. Yeah, I think I just, it's right above the Bronx, yeah. I just remember not believing them for the longest time when they told us they live in a place called Yonkers. Yeah, right. That's not a place. It's a Tyler Creator song. Dude, it's... And you know what the funny thing is, man? Like, so, like, right across the river, uh, you get into Jersey, and there's a place called Hackensack. That's that's real life. Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, dude, there's there's funny-sounding places. There's so many funny-sounding places, man. I wonder how like all these weird names happen. What was that like, like I'm one just... lake that every kid like laughed about, like Titicaca? Lake Titicaca. <laughs> I laugh at that because of uh, Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what where I I'm even thinking. Does it? Oh, it exists. It's actually in like Peru, in, uh... right? Yeah. No. Is it? I, uh, I thought it was Peru. I could be wrong. Apparently, I just looked one up. That's in uh, Indiana. I don't. know. <laughs> No way. So you know, we we could all we could all take a trip there sometime soon. So uh, <laughs> one uh, one last quick question for you, and then we'll uh, we'll go ahead and, and and wrap this up for the evening. For sure. But um, so as far as your like your personal biggest influences when it comes to not necessarily like how you vocalize, but more along the lines of like 
I guess how you write vocal melodies, uh, and like how you, um, like how you actually write your actual content, you know, like your actual lyrical content. Like if you can give me like three names of, of, uh, either bands or vocalists that you feel have really kind of influenced your style, uh, and how you write, what would those three be? Uh, for style and like tone of my voice, definitely. First off, definitely Chester from Lincoln Park was definitely the biggest reason I got uh, heavy into vocals for sure. Awesome. Chester. Um, another, um, I'd like to say Ollie Sykes. Okay. Uh, I like I I love Bring Me the Horizon and their songwriting is on a whole nother level. It is amazing, but. I'm not the biggest fan of his live vocals, so maybe I'll say Sam Carter instead. Okay. I, I really like the I like the combination of the grit with the melody a lot. And then in terms of writing, I try to write stuff, and I'm uh, sure like Bryce is just writing stuff that's just catchy. I'm writing stuff that's just catchy as well. So like I'll try to write something as catchy as any like Tillian. Uh, from Dance Gavin Dance, any Tillian melodies. I think like there's just so many Dance Gavin Dance Tillian melodies that are just constantly, constantly stuck in my head. So I'm always, all the time, like, oh man, I gotta write hooks and melodies that get stuck in my head as much as Tillian's melodies do. Oh yeah. So those man. those three are probably the biggest. Awesome, awesome man, very cool, dude. Listen, it has been such a pleasure to to catch up with you, learn a little bit more about. Uh, you know, rival town and, and kind of just get some more insight on, on, you know, what you guys are doing. Uh, it's been a blast to chat with you about hockey. Really awesome that you came on. Uh, we're really excited to, you know, add, add your music, uh, you know, to our, our, our playlist and, uh, you know, get some ears on you guys because, you know, we, we think, uh, honestly, man, we, we both, you know, speaking for Mikey, we think you're awesome. And, uh, you know, we so really, much. yeah, you're very welcome, man. We really want to, uh, you know, make sure, you know, more ears get on you guys because, uh, you know, you, you, you guys work hard and you make great stuff. So, um, you know, you definitely deserve it. So we appreciate, appreciate yeah, man, so we much. appreciate you and we appreciate you taking the time to be on the show and chat. Uh, a little bit I, love, with us on- I love what you guys are doing. I mean, that's literally two of my all time favorite things. And yeah. I mean, I, it totally makes sense. You've meshed the two together. That's totally a cool, a cool yep. thing. Cause you got a lot, of, a lot of hockey fans that, uh, are influenced from music. I mean, you got like the old NHL soundtracks were unbelievable. I'm sure so many people that were hockey fans got into like pop punk, like some 41 gob and all of that stuff just from NHL. So it's, yeah, it's awesome that you guys combine the two in one podcast. Dude. Yeah. That's, that's definitely exactly what we're going for. We talked about those NHL soundtracks before too. So it's super cool. that you bring them up for some reason? I keep on thinking of like, this was like probably a super early NHL soundtrack. It might have been like one of the first ones on the original PlayStation. Mm-hmm. But the song that sticks out for for me was that Collective Soul song. Um, oh, how the hell did that song go? It was like, and all your ways on me brings me down. Oh yeah, I got it, dude. Uh, that song was on. It was on some. I think it was like '97 or '98. And yep. like, I, like every I time I hear that like- song. I just automatically think of playing like 32 bit, like polygon hockey. And it just (laughs) makes me smile, dude. That's awesome, man. (laughs) All right, Mike, man, I really appreciate it. Um, Hopefully you guys can avoid 
the Bruins in the playoffs and uh, so. go on a little run. But as long as you guys don't win the cup, we're we're cool. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll be in touch, man. And, uh, you know, I'm just so over the moon that hockey – Looks like it is coming back next week, man. Oh, me so too, man. We Same. got we got a lot of TV and and hockey to be watching. So all Absolute. good stuff on the horizon, man. And we'll continue uh, to stay in the loop on rival town, rival town. And we really just uh, wish you the best, man. Awesome, guys. Thank you so much. Wish you the best as well. All right. Thank you, bud. You have a good night. See you. Yeah, you too. You any light in the distance. Have a good night. And the candles burning out Saw the weight on my father's shoulders Was enough to bring him down This was enough to bring us down y'all enjoyed our interview with mike from rival town uh i mean like i just can't really wrap my head around the fact that this guy has been doing like vocal covers for like 10 years man that's crazy that's like a, a legit like market there's a lot of bands that are like have yeah. broke into the scene who have done like just strictly youtube covers and then like built up such a strong following from that that it turns into like actual well i guess that is it's so i don't know man like i, I guess know, that like, is considered actual success because you can make money from youtube yeah, like i mean look at look at goot right yeah that's like that's his legit career is being like yeah, a man. youtube cover artist so 
And then, there's definitely I mean, a cool like, one. Uh, have you seen that one kid that does like all like ska covers of like you know top forty songs and also of like pop punk songs and like he's done yeah, like what is Wonder that? Years. I think it's the Ska Tune Network, right? Is what that what it is? Yeah, those are pretty sweet. Like, and he plays those like all awesome. the instruments and yeah, he's definitely doing it right. And you know what the crazy thing about that too is you have to have really good editing skills, not just video editing editing skills, but audio editing skills, <coughs> and like. You have to have all that time on your hands because that takes a long time, man. So, you know, like kudos to to Mike for being able to um to to do that, man, because like that really is very time consuming because I'm sure like, you know, I, he's a great vocalist, but I mean to do all that stuff in one take is really tough. And so, and uh, you would imagine like you know, every once in a while Caitlin and I will watch like a you know, a few episodes of The Voice, especially like the auditions and yeah. like the the guests uh, like the judges always turn around like oh like that was really good but like it's really hard to take on like a Tony Braxton song or a yeah. Mariah Carey song or whatever but like the same goes for covering a Tillian song like not too many vocalists would like have the balls to do that oh, you're absolutely right man you know and like you know him going after you know vocalists uh, that are that have these crazy ranges and that you know, sing that, that specific way. But I mean, he even said like, imagine like the kind of like dynamic that he has, because if he is singing, you know, like Tillian style dance, Gavin dance songs, but he's also singing like Chester from Lincoln park. I mean, like those are two completely contrasting vocal styles. I mean, like, you know, like Lincoln park, like he's got that like grit, almost nasally, like, um, kind of like, aggro style in like the the like kind of forefront of his throat whereas like Tillian is kind of like way more smooth and you know it's just like having that versatility as a vocalist is is a great thing and I'm sure that's why you know bands have kind of cherry-picked him to to be a part of their you know their groups and stuff and I can't stop trying to figure out who the guest vocalist is going to be that's like (laughs) from a border town between new york and canada like a pop punk band god why can't i think of this i mean like i think what you're gonna have to do is just like because like polar bear clubs not like pop punk and it's not man i can't figure this out i love i love i love polar bear club though so you know hopefully it is jimmy from what why do i just love knowing where bands are from like that's like your thing man i don't know that's so weird you just love to know where bands are from. That's good. I used to do this thing with John Stangle where he would yell bands at me and where they're from. Like he would just be like fireworks, Detroit, Michigan, or like, <laughs> like, I don't know. Like why he would just like do that. And it would make me laugh. Cause it's great to know, you know, it's just like, and for the longest time, like, you know, obviously the story so far is from California and you know, their Twitter handle is just the story so far CA. And like for the longest time, I've always just called them the stories of Arca because like that's <laughs> how you would say their Twitter handle. But, um, dude, I got to tell you real quick before we, we end this episode. So I, I mentioned it, I think, last episode that I, um, you know, my fiance bought me a record player. So Amanda bought me a record player for our anniversary. And I've started, you know, I want to get back into collecting records. Um, like I'm not, you know, like I'm, I'm going to really try to like kind of limit myself to what I buy and how I buy it. But I, um, was able to procure a copy of, uh, 
not the last Boney Vare record, but the one before it. I don't know if you're a Boney Vare fan. I don't know if you've ever listened to them, but they put out this record called 22 A Million, and it's got like so much subtlety in like the electronic side of it. So, you know, Boney Vare used to be really like very much like a kind of like a folky acoustic kind of entity. And then when he put out this record 22 A Million, uh, he experimented with a lot of like electronic sounds and a lot of, you know, like vocal overdubbing and a lot of this crazy stuff. And I am so excited to hear what it's going to sound like on a vinyl record, because I mean, it's just like the amount of fidelity that you get out of that versus, you know, listening to it on, you know, compressed MP3 or whatever you're listening to. Um, I'm just really excited because to be honest, when I was collecting my records, you know, you know, this about me, like, I very rarely listen to them, but now like I'm specifically buying records that I want to listen to on vinyl for, you know, the clarity and the fidelity. So I'm really kind of looking forward to it this time. And, uh, you know, I will share my results with you, dude. You're totally going down that rabbit hole again. Like next time I talk to you, you're going to have like 400 records and then like you're going to be like, yeah, our second bedroom. Like I can't have kids now because it's just all records like you're going down that path. So specifically, uh, I think Amanda is going to end up buying um, like a small piece of furniture to put it on, like something that kind of looks Danish moderny, but oh, like a Grundig kind of like a Grundig, but not as cool as a Grundig, you know? like a fake Grundig. But cool thing about it though, is that it really like the record storage portion of it really only holds about a hundred records. So Amanda and I kind of made a, like a pack to ourselves because there's some records that Amanda wants to buy too. Like, you know, she talked about us getting our hands on the, the Casey Musgrave, Musgrove. I don't know. This is a good record. It's awesome. But, you know, like she wants to get like some other records, too, that she likes. Like she's a huge Beyonce fan. Uh, she's a big Jimmy Eat World fan. So, like, you know, all that kind of stuff. So but we made a pact because she knew where my addiction was because she lived it with me. She was like, you know, once our record cabinet is filled up, that's it. And I said, OK, I'm OK. So that's where I'm at. If, uh, you know, if in three like or four weeks, like you like I call you and like I'm trying to like ship records to your house to hold for me like just call the cops or something just put me out of my misery <laughs> I can already see it happening dude but ho- hopefully she <laughs> keeps you in, in check but I yeah uh, she, she's really good at that so I'm, I'm not too worried but hey listen uh enough babbling out of me uh as always man we appreciate tremendously uh, that you guys keep listening to us and uh that you guys are on uh you know subscribing and, and just being with us. I mean, 71 episodes, man. It, it, it is really cool that we still have repeat listeners and people that are tuning in each, each, uh, you know, week to catch us. So, uh, we love it. So, uh, you know, I'll leave you with this as usual, hit up, uh, you know, bar down breakdown on Instagram. You can catch all of our links. I'll tell you exactly where you need to go to get to our podcast, whether that's Spotify or Apple, wherever you like to listen to your podcast, you can catch it. Of course, you can subscribe to make sure that you never miss an episode. Check out the Bar Down Breakdown playlist on Spotify, too, as we're adding new artists uh, every time we interview people. So you'll see some Rival Town songs on there. They might become your next favorite band. They're awesome. Uh, Their latest single uh, was super great, so I'm sure we're going to pop that on there. 
Uh, and then as always, you know, we love to hear your feedback. So if there's anyone you want us to interview, any ideas you want to share with us, please do it because we love your feedback and we love to know that we're, uh, you know, you're digging the job we're doing and we appreciate that you dig us. So, um, that's all I got. I think I did pretty good. Uh, did I miss anything? Yeah, dude, real quick. Josh Hosang dropped a single. So go follow Josh Hosang. Yes. The hockey player, Josh Hosang. Go follow his Instagram and check out his latest single. It's actually pretty dope. And on that note, Tom, peace be with you. And also with you.